Hi, Love Stoppers. This is Suzanne. Just wanted you to know that Vanessa and I recorded this episode on August 21st, 2018, before I knew the cancer had come back. So now you have the context for what you're about to hear. Pretty surreal. Hope you enjoy it. Turn it off, not down. Did you uh, get me a straw? No. Um, they have a cute little bent uh, metal straws in there. Sorry, I didn't say to get you a straw, bunny. Calm down. Oh. How are you? Um, I am f- fucking great. Oh, thank God. I am fucking great. Tell me. Um, oh. because I get to drink this green juice. Which Cassius makes fun of. Cassius says, You're gonna just get some green juice? Just juicing? We're just gonna juice. You gonna go to girls' night and gonna have a juice? <laughs> How are you, Bunny? Ugh. I'm in physical pain. Oh, you are? Yes. What the fuck? I'm so annoyed right now. Oh, that's not good. You need to down that green juice. Okay. It's gonna change your life. Okay. Like, if you talk to Cassius, he'll say that's not true. It's not going to change your life, but think of it as like a placebo and it will change your life. Okay. Um, this is my banking. You've entered my bank. Ooh, this tastes good. I like this. Isn't it good? Yeah, it's my favorite. Thank God. This is all my banking. Do you like this? On My, my banking is, on a, on a is flyer. handwritten in pen, messy and all over the place on a uh, pest control flyer. Did you use that pest control service or no? Um, no, I didn't. It just came in the mail and I just grabbed it to write on. I do that all the time instead of wasting paper. I'll just write on anything. Me too. <sighs> um, okay. So, so what's I new? I finished my banking and um, what's new is uh, we sold the toy hauler that we... Uh, fell in love in that MC bought and lived in for six months in Alturas. Why is it called a toy hauler? That means it's a trailer? Uh, It means it's a trailer that you haul your toys Toys in. in? Mm -hmm. But big toys, apparently. Yeah, you you put your motorcycles and everything in the back. So it's it's basically a garage, a huge garage in the back of the trailer. On wheels. Well... If it's, we also have a car hauler, which is just like where we put the Ferrari and then you can take it cross country instead of paying the company. Um, this wouldn't fit a full car like that. So this is a toy hauler, which means the half, the back half is for, um, fits our motorcycles uh-huh. and our, um, what do you call the, the thing that you ride around on the farm in? I just forgot what it's called. Tractor. No, it's not a tractor. It's, um, it's almost like an ATV. 
Um, I forget what it's called. Um, but you can fit that, and you can fit motorcycles. Did you just look at me like no one would ride around a farm on a tractor? No, no one, no one would put a tractor in the back of a toy hauler. Oh, that, I see. That isn't big enough to fit a car. I see. Would not fit a tractor. Um, Did so, you also just casually mention that you have a Ferrari? Yeah. I just sort of... So, um, the uh, toy hauler is an actual full trailer with a king-size bed and bedroom and then bunk beds for the kids and a couch and a full kitchen. Oh, my God. And a little um, dining room table that's kind of like a booth at a restaurant. Kind uh-huh. of like comfortably fits four. Um, so that's the whole trailer, and then the back of it, um, you roll up a big metal um, door, and then there's a garage in the back of it that's big enough to fit, like, motorcycles and, wow. and an ATV, yeah. So that's why it's called a toy hauler, and it has a gooseneck, like, you have to connect it to, you know, you remember MC's big dually, like, you have to have that to tow it. I see. Yeah, so... That, that's the difference between a trailer and an RV. An RV is the kind of trailer that you can get in and it's, you get right. in. Right, I know what that is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So how do you feel about selling it? I mean, it's kind of emotional. The kids love the trailer and MC lived in it for six months in Al Taurus in nine below zero weather and um, ten feet of snow. And, and I used to drive out there and see him um, and this was all he had still never met Cassius. This was like the whole, like kind of the first eight months of us knowing each other. He lived in Al Torres in a trailer, in this trailer. And, um, and you know, we take the kids camping in it. We, we love to go to Mammoth and park by the pond. And we were going to move into it um, in Malibu at this um, trailer park in Malibu that like Matthew McConaughey and his wife lived at while she was pregnant. And Pamela Anderson lives there right now. And all these crazy people park their trailers on the beach in Malibu at this really cool trailer park. Uh-huh. And then we went there because we, we thought, oh, we're going to live here and it's going to be so beautiful and we're going to save a bunch of money. And in the meantime, the trailer park is about 3200 a month to park your trailer there. What? So that's the Malibu trailer park. So you park. don't save money? No. I mean, we still, we still would save a shitload of money, but we thought it would be... You know, a trailer park, you think, I don't know, like, you'd think it'd be like 1500 bucks or something. I don't know what I would think because I have no frame of reference. I know, that's why I'm telling you. For a trailer park. That's what I'm telling you. No, but the fact that you would think it would be 1500 I would have no idea at all how much that would cost. Well, me either before this, but that's why I think about it. Would you guess that a trailer park, to, to be at a trailer park would sound like, does to anyone, I think, sound like a money saver sure. instead of a house? Yeah. Would you imagine that the trailer park would be three times what you pay for rent? No. Exactly. So welcome to Malibu, money. Yeah. Mm. But couldn't you go so somewhere else? Aren't there other um, trailer parks? Yeah, that's where MC had his, the trailer parked for six months in Al Torres. It's like 180 bucks a month. No, but I mean, like, is your only choice in the LA area for a trailer park yes, in Malibu? Oh. that's Los Angeles prices. I see. That's, that's welcome to Los Angeles, right? It's like LA or New York. Yeah. Where green drinks are $18 or whatever. <laughs> right? That's city, yeah, that's city life. Yeah. Yeah. So what's happening, Benny? Do you have information with you? Information? Mm-hmm. Do you mean topics? Mm-hmm. Yes. Are you ready? Share your information, Donald. Okay. Fantastic. Bunista. Um, Bunny so, grab. 
so I was juggling with tons of different ideas for today, mm-hmm. and for some reason there bunny weren't pinata. there weren't bunny pinata, mm-hmm. <laughs> bunny underpants for topics. Bunny hop, <laughs> bunny top shop. Oh my god, bunny flop, bunny so, bunny flip flop. The fir- so the first one is far. I just, I just, uh, what, okay, what? but can this guy, here's the deal. I just want him to cut that hair. Like, what's the point of that hair? Maybe he's a rock and roller. So what's the point of that hair? I don't get, how's that an answer? He's a rebel. He has hair down past his shoulders. He's a boy. You don't like that? Mm-mm. Not a fan. Do you like the Caesar haircut where it's like they have really short bangs? I don't really care like how you have it, but I just think boys should have short hair. Yeah. I don't like the faux hawk where you take your hair and you push it up to a point. I like that. You didn't like Josh's hair on Las Vegas? I thought it looked so hot on him. Push it up to a point like Ed Grimley, the Martin short. We used to always call him. Yes. For six years, we used to call him faux hawk. You're talking where it looks like you you have a roof yes, of a house I on top of your head. Is that we used to call Josh Fohawk. I thought he looked super hot with it. What? Yeah. Josh Jamel had a Fohawk on Las Vegas. I don't remember that. I'll find a picture for you and send it to you. Okay. Ready? Uh, tell me. Topic number one, which is sort of interesting based on this conversation so far, is yes. farms. Farms are the love of my life and... Um, as you know, I bought my first farm in the late 90s and have... Where was it? Uh, it was upstate New York. Yeah. So I actually only had, only had farms upstate New York, um, but we have been looking for farms in Northern California now, and I have a farm um, in another place, too, that I can't say, uh, talk about yet, Um and, you know, pretty much raised Cassius upstate New York on a farm. I would shoot from Monday through Thursday, and then Thursday through Sunday, we would fly. As soon as we got off work, we'd go straight to the airport and fly. And then we would land at about 1 o'clock in the morning. And then Cassius and I would drive from uh, JFK to the farm and get there at about 3 o'clock in the morning. And then we'd wake up at the farm with the beautiful spring-fed pond and everything. And one time when we went, when it was pouring snow, do you remember this? I was on the phone with you, and Cash and I got yes. stuck in the snowstorm. That was crazy. Oh, my God. So, um, uh, we our, our uh, rental car, the, the wheels, um, they gave me a rental car with a child with me, um, with bald tires and no chains. And we didn't have much choice because it was 1 o'clock in the morning. So I took it, which was a really big mistake on my part. And I drove upstate, and we got there, and the ice on the road was got so intense once we were really close to the farm. And we and I was talking to you because I said, Bunny, I might die right now and actually kill my child who's in the car asleep in the back and doesn't know what's going on. Um, because... There was nobody on the road. I mean, we lived in the tiniest little farm town. And the, the car started to just hydroplane across the road 
where you have no control over it. So you're just sitting there in the car. This is a terrifying concept to anyone. This happening with your baby in the back of your car I mean, is unfathomable. So because you and I are both nocturnal, which is one of my favorite things about you, is that I can like text you at 3 a.m. And I and say, say, hey, hi, what's up? And you go, hey, what's up? Like, it's noon. <laughs> and so I, I would call you and talk to you while we're driving. So I said, you know, something may go wrong right now. And so if it does, here's where we are. Yep. And, um, and it did. We slid all the way across the road, all the way to the side, um, off the road, into the bank, and then start to sink down into the snow. And I actually called somebody to come yeah. and assist you. Yeah. The police sent out somebody... Um, How come you couldn't call anybody? Did your cell phone die, or did you not have service or something? Um, I probably could have called somebody but we needed to research who to call out there and I don't remember who you ended up calling but you called the police and then I called 911 on my phone after you and I got disconnected but the service is kind of patchy out there right? and so it was safer for you to just call them directly from a place where they could call you back and your phone was going to cut out and give them our exact location in case we just lost Which, all service. thank God, I did know your exact yeah. location. Yeah. And they came and picked us up. Cassius stayed asleep. We moved all of the luggage. The car, We had to leave the car that, that literally, after we got out, sank so far down. It was terrifying. It's terrifying. And it was, you know, like four in the morning. We get in the car. Uh, Cassius is asleep. I pick him up. I put him over my um, shoulder. He stays asleep. He doesn't wake up until we get to the farm. So he has... He has no clue no that any idea of that happened. what we just went through. And he just wakes up in his peaceful little, you know, now, world and didn't even know what happened. You didn't grow up on a farm, right? Um, I grew up... We grew up moving all over the place. But um, not unlike you, we moved a lot. Right. And then um, I ended up going to high school in Indio. Um, but we lived in Alaska where we actually had an igloo. Uh, what? In, yeah, in Alaska. You lived in the igloo or you had an igloo? We had as an a igloo separate... on the property, but, you know, we were very wow. poor. My dad would go and work as a contractor. And then in Indio, we had, you know, we had no AC, no heat, no, um, it always felt very rustic wherever we lived. We didn't, we didn't eat out. We didn't go to the grocery store. We didn't go to fast food restaurants. We didn't go to the doctor. Everything was at home. My mom would make potions. Um, to treat us out of herbs things. and stuff yeah and then there was always a huge garden in the backyard and my mom would pick all the vegetables from the garden to cook um and so it was kind of a feed, you know what I mean like it felt farm like mm-hmm. which is kind of like what we've done with our house here in the hills it's like we bought all the lots going up the hill and then we have chicken you coops have chickens, and yeah yeah it seems like we're in Colorado or like we're on a farm in Hollywood which is almost impossible to and what is create. the appeal for you I don't know. Probably just the, like, you know, they always say, like, right, like, almost like comfort food, like how you grew up. It mm-hmm. feels like, or it feels organic and rustic. Which and is sort of the up. antithesis of the whole Hollywood scene, being in the industry. Maybe, although I have to admit, I love, I love the Hollywood scene, too. Like, I've had, always had the best time, you know, going out in New York and, and L.A. and partying and, um... You know, going to places that have really crazy, beautiful food and 
you know, traveling to really beautiful places. Like, I love that, too. I just like the contrast. It's just so interesting because I grew up sort of moving around a lot, but n never rustic. Yeah, you were, like, upper always middle class, upper, right? Yeah, always upper middle class. Yeah. Always you with... fancy bitch. With, uh, you know, central heat and AC and electricity and running water and yes. all of it. And never, you know, animals that we raised or growing our own stuff. That's all stuff that we would purchase. <laughs> yeah, isn't that interesting? And when I was a kid, it was, you know, it wasn't cool. Now it's, like, super cool, all that stuff. It means you're really cool. When I was a kid, right. that meant we were lame. And so because of that, anytime I even think of the word farm, I think of something that I can't relate to that if I were to go, it would just be because I'm going to rough it, you know, for, yeah. for a, like a novelty, not like a lifestyle. Yeah. And I mean, obviously you went to one of my farms or both of my farms upstate New York. One. And it was, you know, not not roughing it. It's beautiful. No, it wasn't. Farm yeah, because you also love to re theater. redesign stuff and yeah, update yeah. stuff. So if I don't really think of farms as roughing it as much as I did when I was a kid, but I, I would think um, of roughing it uh, more like camping. Right. Camping is more like roughing it, yeah. But also what you call a farm is not what everybody would call a farm. Oh, it might just be a, you know, a house okay. with a bunch of land in upstate New York. I don't no, know. I mean, a farm is, it has a barn on it that, you know, has had animals in it and um, fields that, uh, you know, all the cows used to graze on our fields and, uh, you does, know, there's dairy does, dairy. Does it have to have a here. barn to be a farm? I think so. I don't think there's many farms that don't have a barn on the property somewhere. I mean, I've never really seen one. You can have lots of land that you grow something on, you know what I mean? But if you right. live there... There's a barn somewhere, somewhere. yeah, right. on the property. Whether or not you've converted it into a house, there's usually still a barn somewhere. So where are we going to have a farm when we're old and, you know, well, in retirement? Well, one, one, one place is the place that I can't talk about right. yet. Yeah, so there. And then probably we're going to get another farm upstate New York because Cassius is probably going to go to college in New York. Um, and then... What about Northern California? And then Northern California, okay. yeah. where okay. So MC can be... Uh, uh, near his daughter, um, probably for the the last year of her graduation. Right. That's our farm story, Bunny. But but you like to eat farm, local farmers. Yeah, you know, I love I love organic. all of that. Yeah. But I also you so know you love where I have it all a comes from. I have a black thumb. So no, that's this mine. I'm sorry. Um, I have a black thumb, so I can't so be I. the person that grows stuff. So Isn't that funny? I, I love farms, and I can't grow shit. So, you know, I just... I kill all my plants. I just moved into a new place that I love. Mm -hmm. And I love it so much that I'm actually inviting different friends over to come and look at it, which never happened in my last house. I love that. And, but here's what happens. Every time somebody decides to bring me a housewarming gift that's a really expensive orchid, I just, my heart sinks because I oh, know that that's like going to... No, I like them, but it's going to be it's dead in two days. Even if they tell me exactly how to take care of it and I do exactly yeah. what they say, it just dies. It's true. I And I love orchids. Um, I give them to my mom and she keeps them alive forever. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not but, good at it, so yeah, don't ever get me either. a plant. Um, yeah, I don't okay. get... Are you ready for the second? Yes. Forgetfulness. Forgetfulness is a crazy topic um, for me in many ways because one... I care for a woman who has Alzheimer's, as you know. Yeah. And if you guys get a chance, um, see the HBO series on Alzheimer's, which will break your heart and change your life. 
and it's changed my life uh, to start watching this woman and, and, and what's it called? Taking care of her and being with her. It's it's called the Alzheimer series. Okay. On HBO. Also, you can on Netflix um, watch uh, Seth Rogen, who's doing the most important work for Alzheimer's uh, as of yet. Um, his wife. His wife's mother, so his mother-in-law has Alzheimer's, and she's gotten to the point where eventually, with um, cases that are, you know, um, really bad, um, people forget how to, everything. So they eventually end up forgetting how to eat, and how to shower, and how to go to sleep. It's heartbreaking. It's just heartbreaking, especially for families. So for me, it's easier, because I just try to make uh, my friend laugh, and... Um, Cassius also cares for her, and um, MC cares for her, and um, your boyfriend Jeff helped us one day with her, and um, and I think uh, Jeff said too, right? It was like very, like life changing experience. Yes, and, he said it um, was very heartbreaking and emotional for him because she clearly is so beautiful and gifted hmm. and. Uh, incredible it, successful he just thought that it was so unfair that she doesn't remember yeah stuff. like we have a list of assholes that I think it would be better if we had to choose for someone to have it for them it, to it have it be them than this incredible woman yeah and so forgetfulness is an interesting thing because um so I just try to stay in the moment with her and make her laugh which they say is what brings you happiness right to stay in the moment mm -hmm. so it's a real lesson in in forcing ourselves to stay in the moment and, um, uh, I have, we've always joked, which we won't joke about anymore. Um, now we all feel horrible that we ever joked about it. Um, MC and I, that we have early Alzheimer's because he and I both have really strong social anxiety and that can, getting nervous can make you forget stuff. Mm -hmm. And so he has PTSD from, um, being in the war in Iraq and from all his injuries and, um, so he forgets stuff all the time for a, n a number of reasons. And so I have PTSD also from my childhood and from the court case uh, that I was in with Cassius's dad for eight years. And so I am now struggling again with new forgetfulness. New layers of forgetfulness from new PTSD. So I had just worked 30 years to get rid of the PTSD from my childhood. Now... You know, we have new PTSD. You and I both went through these big tragedies almost simultaneously right. with cancer and me with court. Right. And um, you got to finally um, stop keeping your cancer a secret, which you always like to say changed your life. Yep. I had to keep everything about my court case a secret because I wanted to protect Cassius from publicity bullshit. And so people just assumed, like when they saw us in court, they would say stuff like the press would say, oh, she's probably asking for more child support. Let's be clear right now that you and I both know, Bunny, you were in court it's with never me. never happened. I have never asked ever. for child support. Never I have never gotten, gotten child support. I never even had a medical card from Cassius's father. Like, none of that. People we never make even assumptions. discussed money. Yeah, I know. ever, ever, ever until like two years ago. And that was regarding his education because his dad doesn't think education is important and wanted to pull him out of his school. And so that's why we had to start talking about money two years ago because... Yeah, but I can't bear that because as an Asian, yeah, nothing's like more that? important than yeah. education. Yeah. So anyway, that's why we finally started talking about stuff, uh, money stuff. But before then, um, in fact, my lawyer said we've never had a case where there was no money discussed. There's no... I mean, I even just saw that Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie's case is... You know what I mean? There's a money issue. You know what I mean? Like, I always... 
I always said to them, no, I have my own money. I don't need any money. Right. This is just about his safety. Right. And me defending myself because they, he and his uh, on-again, off-again wife, Megan Fox, wanted full custody of Cassius, as you know. Right. So, you know, this is... I'm now finally coming out of that, right? Because I'm able to speak about it a little bit. I mean, we have, you know, we haven't even skimmed the surface of this situation, but I want to stay in the zone of talking about it in a way that's healthy for me and for Cassius and that is productive, right? So that doesn't mean just saying everything at once, right? And, uh... But, you know, Cassius has really grown up so much. And well, this was Cassius's choice. Yes. Cassius said, I no longer want to keep... It was also his choice for me to be able to show him pictures of him and who he is, which I never did before either. He was like, I don't want to be, a, like, I don't want to be hidden. I want to have my own voice in the world. I want people to know who I am, what I stand for, what I am. Right. His zero desire to be famous, even though that might happen you know, in spite his of control, yes. in spite of his, yes, just like Reluctance. me. Yep. Um, but he does want to be heard and to know that he matters like all of us do. And so the interesting thing about forgetfulness is you and I have talked about this before. So many things happen in those eight years of court and so many things happened in your, um, struggle with cancer that was around the same amount of time almost. Mm-hmm. And you and I were both just literally in the war together, yes. like holding each other up through all of it. Um, that we forget half of what happened. I know. Isn't because that you, crazy? you couldn't even process it all. And something that's happening. And to be honest, yeah, tell I me. feel like my my physical pain right now is connected to the fact that I'm almost done writing this book proposal (gasps) and in writing the book proposal, you know, I'm digging back into stuff that happened and it, I I feel like I'm having psychosomatic symptoms of physical pain from when it was happening. And so it's really baffling to try to figure out, you know, what does that mean? Finish it sooner or don't, write it yeah. I, you know I just don't even know what to do yeah, with does that does it mean take breaks to take care of yourself which I, which I have or, or power through but like, I just can't I can't imagine that this was all happening to me and I'm not supposed to write this book and put it out there oh, so for sure. yeah for sure you are yeah but it just seems I, th- I really thought it was the right time yeah and maybe it's too much um to put on my plate right now with the transition from moving and dealing with three decades worth of stuff that I'm Bunny, getting rid of. the top of. five highest stressors on the planet, one of them is moving. I know. So that's not a bad and point. And add to the moving, the confronting the lifelong dysfunction of cluttering. Oh, cluttering. So, I, yeah. so I'm, so I'm getting... So that's two re- I'm, things so I'm doing. I'm dealing with two huge things at once. Yeah. And so possibly I'm supposed to you know, put that on the shelf for a while with the book proposal, maybe. Um, Because in certain ways, forgetfulness is a coping mechanism. Yes, that's... That helps you. Bunny, we we had to forget half of what was going on. Otherwise, we couldn't function. During them ripping, you know, gauze out out of of the center of your breast. And between you and I sitting there in the courtroom, watching Brian up on the stand, lying, lying, right? And it's heartbreaking for me because, as you know, I don't believe there are villains and victims. So I'm not a victim. I chose this whole scenario. Right. But you and I still sat there because you never missed one court date and or one meeting. And you and I both sat there and just thought 
we had to forget what happened that day. Otherwise, we would have just gone and and cut our wrists. Yes. Like, it was too much. I know. It was too much. So, we would leave, and we would go eat at Coral Cafe or whatever. Right. And we would try to do something good for ourselves, and we would just sometimes have to talk about something... We'd have to. ...completely different. We couldn't talk about cancer, and we couldn't talk about... Court. ...custody cases right. where, um, you know, in the custody case... Uh, they wanted me to see Cassius every other weekend. So Megan Fox wanted to raise my son um, basically 98% of his life and have me see him every other weekend. Right. So, um, and then, you know, when we were in the hospital with you and I I was sleeping on a chair next to you. In my room. In your hospital room. And... You know, the doctor came in and said you probably had six months to live. So, what are we supposed to do? What are you supposed to do with that? Yeah, what are we supposed to do? Like, oh, hey, you know what? Listen, you know how they say when you panic? You're supposed to go, okay, what's the worst thing that could happen? And then think about that and then think, oh, it'll be okay. I can handle that. Okay, so the worst thing that can happen is that you die. You're dead now, okay? And that my child is taken, taken from, from me. You. Yeah. From some girl I've never it's even not, met before. Yeah. yeah. And, and okay. I see my kid every other weekend. So, basically... No, yeah. Yeah, no. So, we had to pretend. We had to forget 80% of the yes. day at the end of our day. And just try to make each other laugh. And in writing a book about my journey, my job is to not forget. My job is to remember. And so... And that I is, I just have to right? really pace myself. Because it is reliving it. Yes. Okay, ready for the last topic? Yeah, what's the last topic? Last topic is freedom. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I have to okay, one thing that I didn't finish because okay. this is important. I was saying that um, the person who's doing the most important work for Alzheimer's right now is Seth Rogen. So he's doing a charity called Hilarity for Charity. Have you heard it? No. So it's all comedians. And you can go on Netflix and Yay. watch it. And then it shows you it information. It goes to Alzheimer's research because yes. there's no known cure right well, now. Well, here's the deal. So we help to take care of this woman because, as you know, we've always found a way to be of service no matter what since Cassius's birth. And so this is a way for the whole family to be of service. However, it's good for us to be with her because it is incredibly painful for people who know the person, family members right. or whatever, to not be remembered. Right. We don't care if she doesn't remember right. us. You'll just, she can you'll just re-explain who you are yeah. every five minutes. Cassius will say, re-explain who he is right. to her. Yeah, and it, it doesn't matter to us. So we can laugh with her. We can have a good time with her. Without having to... Without being heartbroken yeah, because you don't have another relationship. I can't imagine yeah. if my mom didn't remember who yes, I was. I would be heartbroken. So what these families are going through um, is incredible. And uh, I actually know a 17-year-old kid, uh, very, very close to us, who uh, wants to go pre-med um, and at one point was saying he wanted to be a doctor because solely because he wants to find a cure for Alzheimer's because he has a family member with Alzheimer's. That makes me happy. Buddy. So, you know, that has to be done because this is not, this disease is not okay. It's not okay. All right, go ahead. Third topic. Uh, also, wait, there's one other thing about forgetfulness that I just remembered, mm. which is I know a lot of women who, um, either while they're pregnant or right after they give birth, they become very forgetful, which doesn't seem, yes. but that seems like it would be counterintuitive to evolution and survival of the species for a mother to forget yes. where her child is or to feed and the child. And guess why they say that happens. Why does that happen? Because for the same reason we were just saying, childbirth is so traumatic. Traumatizing. You have to just You have to forget about it. Otherwise, no one would ever have a baby number two. Oh, I understand the pain of childbirth, but I'm talking about details no, no. about raising I'm a child. I'm not just talking about the... the, the You're just talking about in general. Childbirth. I'm talking about 
the 24-7 pain that you are in after you have a child. Right. That never, ever stops so you and just have never to goes away. Yeah. Got it. It is craziness. And Fascinating. forget about that. Hormonally, what happens to your body? Crazy. Which I just went through again after having a miscarriage at six and a half months this time. Ugh. You, what you go through, and then also if you ever had to do fertility drugs, that makes you crazy too. Right. Um, and uh, it, what what our bodies go through as women is just disgusting. It is fucking awful. I mean. Just hormonally, the shift from I'm about to start my period, I'm on my period, I'm off my period. You know what I mean? Just that little like roller coaster ride for women once a month. What do you mean once a month? Honey, that's the glory. About once every four months of me being post menopause. What? So, I mean, so the fact that I'm 55 is so weird to me because I feel like I'm 25. But the fact that I no longer have to deal with any of that shit is so spectacular to me because it just felt like such some sort of criminal sentence that I had to it endure is. every month. It, it is just a criminal sentence. Horrible. It's disgusting and I horrible. Know. You Crazy. should have your period every three months. Do you know what I mean? Like something a couple times a year is fine. Every month? What are you I talking know. about? I know. Especially when some women have pre-menopausal no. stuff. I mean pre- um, menstrual and during menstrual and post menstrual uh, yes. symptoms which it's sort of like yes. mercury retrograde it's always well, affecting and you and guess how long it takes for your body to go back to normal feeling after you give birth a year so this is after you've been pregnant for oh, a year God. then you go through childbirth which is the most excruciating crazy and then you thing have ever. another then you have a year. year before you're back to normal again that's just physically right. forget about all the shit you have to change in your life because now you're responsible for this you know what I mean? Little rubber neck who can't do anything for themselves. Funny. Forget it. Rubber neck. Yeah, it's okay, ready? Yeah. The final topic is freedom. Freedom is one fucking hundred percent what you feel when you don't have to keep shit secret anymore. That is fucking freedom. And isn't that great? Because that means you could have it anywhere. I mean, this is coming from an asshole who has never truly had to experience what it's like to not have freedom because we're lucky enough to just to be born in, in uh, America. Um, you realize that when you go to third world countries and other countries, like just to be a woman right. born in America, you're the luckiest person on the planet. So I'm sure freedom uh, is much more uh, uh, basic and... Um, Important. Well, let's to, be clear. Being like a man that. born in America is better than being a woman. We still don't have the Equal Rights Amendment in this country. So, But that's kind of my point. Like, being a woman born in another country... Oh, compared to this country. Yes. I thought you meant compared to men, and I'm thinking, no. 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 Women in other countries are like, oh, it's so cute. You guys are upset. About that. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, lately because i've been going through so much financial duress uh because moving is incredibly expensive in addition to being emotionally traumatizing oh God. um for me right now the definition of freedom will be when not if but when i have actual financial freedom and by that i mean that my passive not active my passive monthly income streams are greater than my monthly expenses, yes. which means that I don't have to make any decision about what I do every day based on having to go do some job that I don't want to do, that yes. I don't enjoy, that doesn't, that doesn't bring me joy. 
uh, in any way and crushes my soul. Yes. So that's what I am looking forward to manifesting in this new chapter of my life. Well, think about what great freedom you have had your whole life. Just you, not, not, not you theoretically, you literally. So you have made a living at what you love to do for your whole entire life. Yes. So, you know what I mean? Like the kind of thing that you're discussing right now is what most people feel always in their life. Right. And, Oh, most people most hate people. their jobs. Most right. people are always trying to make ends meet. Right. Most people are always doing a job that crushes their soul, but right. they know they need to do it to make ends meet, and then they still can't make ends meet. And, right. You know, so... But it it's is interesting a, because there are lots of people that dream of being rich, but there's a difference. You can be rich meaning you have millions of dollars in your bank account, but that doesn't mean yeah. that you're financially free because you might be so stressed out about money. You might have to physically show up somewhere in order to maintain this wealth every single yes. day and bust your ass. Yes. And so the concept of passive income, I'm so furious that no one introduced this to me when I was a kid. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I was I was raised that you have to show up somewhere and work hard and get some hourly amount of money. Yeah. But then lots of taxes get taken out and then you can never become exponentially wealthy. Yeah. The only way to do that is to be smarter about it and set up passive income streams yes. where you create stuff but then you duplicate it and you use leverage of the thing that you've done yes. that continues to make money. Yes, and the interesting thing too about when you are making shitloads of money is you can't have millions of dollars in the bank. That doesn't exist. That's why we have people in the world like presidents who have like filed for bankruptcy four times or whatever. Money ebbs and flows and the government will just take all of your fucking money if you don't do something with right. it. Right, you, so you, you have to invest it, you have to do something with it, you have to create something. Yes, or do something and so it is an active thing that's always going on. Yes. And so it is interesting that um, you were taught those things that most I think most people are taught and that you broke out of that mold. So yes. what caused you to be able to break out of that mold where you thought you have to show up somewhere every day and then you... I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert oh, Kiyosaki. that's so crazy. There was just a girl on set reading that. That was um, the only thing that... On Friday. It was revolutionary to think because what yeah, it's about is book. Robert Kiyosaki's father made the same amount of money per year that his best friend, Mike, I guess. Mike's dad no, made, but made wait, the same amount of money. But, 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 but go ahead. So, um, and yet Robert Kiyosaki's father's you know, was always poor. They were always struggling. And yet Mike's family was, even though they made the same amount of money each year. So clearly they were doing different things with their money yes. and to learn that even though I went to two Ivy league schools, no one ever taught me a separate body of knowledge just called financial intelligence that I knew nothing about and that you don't need any other sort of education other than financial intelligence to become wealthy. And do you know that that is like a normal class now? That they Thank like, God. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Cassius, Cassius is taking two classes Thank like God. that. Thank God. But I'm asking that this that book came out way after you decided to not take the tr traditional route. Like your sister went the traditional work route, right? So I'm saying way back when you were like, I'm going to be an artist. What for, for all the people who are listening who don't have any... People always go, oh, did you have a family member no. who's an artist? Did you have a... No. no. So you didn't either. I just so. had... I always had the soul of 
an artist and a wanderer, so... So it was just a gut thing. I just did it. That broke you out of it. But I still did it thinking that I have to show up and work hard at every one of my hosting and acting jobs. Yeah. I still didn't have the mentality of... What I should really do is, have your money is create you. content that I put on sale on my website so while I sleep, I'm making yes, money. Yes, I see. I, didn't, I still didn't have that mentality. I see what you're saying, yeah. So I was just blessed that I was really successful in the ways that I would show up for things mm-hmm. and get opportunities to do things. Yeah. But I wasn't being smart about it, you know. Yeah. And, well, you were with your house. That was a very yeah, smart investment you made with that house. That's true. Very smart. Um... All right. What else do we have? What 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 are we at? What what time wise? That's have it. To actually, we're done. Up. Oh, oh, really? that was it. That was our third topic. Well, why are you? Why am I still in your truck? Just ending so abruptly like this. Why aren't you staying in my truck longer? Because don't you have to go somewhere? Um, I actually do. I have to go pick up uh, my friend, um, uh, who I was just uh, talking about, and um, every time she gets in my truck, she says, "This is just such a big truck." Every time. This truck is so big. It is. I know. Um, this truck is big like my ego. <laughs> Bunny, can you and give like me that shirt? And like my balls. And like your balls. You want my shirt? Yeah, leave that shirt for me. No. All right, Bunny, um, I have something to tell you. Will you call me from the car while I'm driving? Will you call me in the car right now? Yes. Because something um, important and super scandalous to tell you that I can't tell the Love Stop listeners. Oh, but there's Sorry. one thing I do want to say. What? I do want to thank Jones on Third for sponsoring us. They don't sponsor us. They do. They will.